This is the Jocko Underground Podcast, number 14, with Echo Charles and me, Jocko Willink. Good evening, Echo. Good evening. So, recently on Jordan Peterson, mm-hmm. and there were some some comments about it uh, that came out. And, and look, we... I, as I went, go through some of those comments on the YouTube channel, we can probably do some kind of a, uh, uh, an underground podcast about the comments and just kind of reflect on them and, and respond to some of them. And we could probably do that. We've talked about doing that with some of the other of our podcasts in the past. But there was one, there was, there was a bunch of things, but there was one that I saw came up a bunch. So at some point, Jordan asked me, if I wanted peace for my son. And for some reason he focused on my son. I also have daughters as well. And and I said, I thought about it for a second. I said, yes, I want there to be peace for my son. And and whenever I said that, he like started talking immediately and I wasn't done yet. And I and and I said, but and and he he started talking. It wasn't. It's not like he was being rude. I saw some people like let Jocko finish talking and don't inter-. It, look. You got to remember, a podcast is a conversation. That's what it is. And so when you're having a conversation, you know you got you think of something you want to say. You don't want to lose a thought. He thought of something and he started talking. And I didn't obviously make it clear that I had a little bit more to say. And so we we moved on. But I did get that button. Yeah. So people knew that there was more to the answer. And I just wanted to kind of expand on that just a little bit. Um, so, of course, I want my kids, my son and my daughters to have, and not just them, but my family and friends and people that I know. I want people to have peace and prosperity. Of course, right? That kind of a, That's kind of obvious. But... <laughs> But I also know that I want them also to have struggle. I want them to face adversity, right? I think that I think that is also very obvious. And I think there's some people that in the comments said the but was what he wanted to say, and that's mm-hmm. kind of true too, right? It's such a big but yeah. that I didn't really need to say anything else. So there was that aspect to it too. But look, if you have everything easy in life, you just get soft and weak, right? I mean, if it, why not have your kids in an isolated, insulated, reinforced concrete bunker with filtered air and a supply of food and water and padded walls where nothing can ever happen to them, right? Because that's... That's what you do, and you actually put them on a calorie restrictive diet, so that's the maximum lifespan and all that stuff. Like, if that's what we're gonna do, what are you gonna end up with? You're gonna end up with someone that's they live for a long time, but do they really live? Do they really live? <sighs> that's the question. So, yeah, I want everyone to have peace, but at the same time, I think that struggle is good. I think that struggle makes better people. Adversity makes you tougher. And that's what the but was about. It goes back to, a little bit goes back to something I, I said to Sam Harris about combat and cancer. You know, I, I had said that he was saying, that, you know, you say that, that wait, that wasn't a very good Sam Harris impersonation, was it? No. He said, uh, he said, he said, he said, you know, Jocko, you say that 
combat is horrible, but at the same time, you also have said that it was the best experience in your life. How do you reconcile those thoughts? So that's what Sam Harris said to me. Not bad. Hey, first attempt. Yeah, it's, right? it's Give me good. a little sign. Acceptable. So he, he, he asked me that, and I, and I said, well, it's like someone that has cancer. Not, not someone. It's like some people that have cancer that when they get through the cancer, they say something along the lines of, it's the best thing that's happened to me. You know, I got to put things in perspective. I got to understand what's truly important in life. And so they actually do take something away from it in a po- that's positive. But they say, I'd never wish it on anybody. So that's, the, that's what I say about combat as well. So that's what, there are some benefits. Do I want peace and happiness for my family, for my friends, for the people I know? Yes, absolutely. But there you go. And with that, let's get to some Q&A. Cool. Little Q&A. Yeah, I felt the same when I listened to that podcast. I felt the same thing when you were like, but. And I figured I knew what you were going to say, you know, but I still want to hear that. And then you're, and I think you said it like twice where you're like, yeah. but like you said it again. I was trying to get it in there. Yeah, and the yeah. weird thing is you can't, you can't recreate what you were going to say at that moment. Yeah, moment. So now I could plot it out and right. I could write a paragraph about it and I could, or make bullet points and then kind of speak to it. Mm-hmm. But I won't, I can't even go back and like recreate what I was about to say in the spur of the moment. Right, right. But again, that's why that's why podcasts they're a conversation, and you have to put being a conversation at the top. Otherwise, it's an interview, mm-hmm. and I don't want to get. Well, not that I don't want to get interviewed. I get interviewed a lot, but I would much rather. I'm not going to get interviewed for two and a half hours, which is how long we were talking for. An interview for two hours is is not a good. It's not, it's not what I want to hear. It's not what I want to do. I don't want to get interviewed. I want to have a conversation for two hours. And if you yeah. look, you might ask me a question or say something that makes me talk for 14 minutes straight. Mm-hmm. But then I just don't want you to move on to the next question. I want you to respond and say something else. And like that's what I think makes podcasts good to listen to because it's, a re, it's supposed to be a real conversation. You can tell. You can tell when you're on with someone that kind of does podcasts. Mm. Because there's you, you're gonna let someone finish, you know, mm-hmm. and you know, look, Jordan's been out of the game for a little bit, right? So he's been, but he's been back in the game though for a couple months now. Mm-hmm. But you know, I was just happy because he was fired up. Mm-hmm. You know, he had something to say. I'm happy when somebody has something to say. Yeah, yeah. It seemed like he he could take like what you were saying and kind of kind of use it to offer some perspective on a lot of stuff that he's been saying. You know, he kind of uses your uh, history and mm-hmm. experiences as like yet another example of what yeah. you know, a lot of stuff he says, talks yeah. about. Jack, all right. All right, first question. I'm 24, working as a cybersecurity consultant at what used to be a startup. I was their first hire. We now have roughly 18 people. And living on a sailboat, hoping one day to sail around the world, exploring beaches and babes. <laughs> around October 2019, I started taking fitness seriously. I've since dropped from 240 pounds to 180 pounds. Boom, legit. Yeah, legitimate. Built a good amount of muscle. I do a push-pull legs split two times a week. 
usually five a- at 5 a.m. when the gym opens. My dad died from an illness in 2017. I've learned from a very young age, thanks to his teachings, that life is a gift. And there's no time to waste, so pick pick a dream and go. Last year, when COVID hit, COVID hit I took four months off to think about my life, and, and I decided to come back to the same company with a new role. I stepped up to a leadership position. Instead of being a worker in the back that that is handed projects, I'm now engaging with companies at every level, from the management strategy level to the engineer tactical level, tactile level. The work I do is meaningful. I make extremely large impact on the design of the consumer products for the better and take pride in knowing that that the adversaries are less likely to compromise the systems that I review and assist on. I'm crushing on paper. Mm. However, lately I've been feeling incredibly unmotivated at work. I don't feel anything pulling me forward, but it's a complicated thing to sort out. I'm burnt. Am Am I burnt? burnt? Like burnt out, essentially, Mm. right? I don't think so, but maybe. Am I just being a bitch that needs to put one foot in front of another? Possibly. Sometimes I think I'd be better off with a physical profession, something with my hands. I can move my body effectively when I would rather lay in my warm bed. I don't really understand that sentence. I can move my body effectively when I would rather lay in a warm bed. I yeah, think he maybe, maybe wa- like, like while, <clears throat> like he can move his body effectively, but but mentally, like he just doesn't necessarily feel motivated to. Maybe. Mm, okay. Either, but it, but it's much more difficult to force my brain to think and focus. I feel hungry. I want to be. I feel hungry. I want to be a badass. I'll. I long for the path, but despite the fact that I'm hungry, uh, it also feels like the food that's on my plate is poison. I already quit my job for a couple months once, and that doesn't seem like a reasonable solution, especially since I would be leaving my bosses hanging, and I have a fantastic relationship with them. But that leaves me kind of stuck in a way. I'm I'm unsure what to do to regain that mental drive to crush everything I do. Thanks for your time. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, um, kind of a good place to be in, right? At least you're stable. You got things going on. Um, Straight up, I as I read this, I just have to say this: find a jujitsu gym and start training. Like, just just see what that does for your life. Because now you will be doing something extremely physical, something extremely gratifying, something extremely humbling, something extremely social. Something where you build connections with other people, like it's outstanding. So so that's part one. And that might help you. And maybe it's the path that you can take and you can become a person that's a, a, a cybersecurity consultant on one side and a freaking rad jujitsu player on the other side and you're gratified with that. That's cool. But it could also be that you end up, you're still not, feeling content about what you're doing for your job. And then what I think you need to do is you need to figure out what it is that you do want to do and then set up an exit strategy. This is where you're, you're 100% right when you say, listen, I already quit my job for a couple months once and that doesn't seem like a reasonable solution. It's not. It's not a reasonable solution just to say, oh, I'm going to quit my job and and have no no course to go down, no, no course of action that I'm going to execute on. You need to start putting together what what is it that you're interested in? What is it that you do think would be gratifying? You know, if you think it'd be cool to be a freaking laborer and work with your hands, you want to become a mason, mm. right? Laying bricks, you might want to go try that for a little while and see what that's like and see if how you feel after two weeks of 
of carrying block and laying block, or you want to be a roofer because you work with your hands being a roofer, go out and be on a hot rooftop slinging, uh, slinging that weight around, carrying, carrying uh, roofing material up to the top of a roof. Those, those, those plastic encased uh, shingles, they're freaking heavy. Yeah. And so you may want to explore what physical job really means. And look, you could probably do, you could probably find somebody that'll hire you as a laborer on the weekends. Go see what that's like. Start and maybe you go, hey, you know what? Laying block is awesome. Maybe you say, you know what? I love being up on the roof all day and freaking slinging that stuff around. I love working hard. I love breaking a sweat. I love coming home, knowing that I can see visually what I did. That's a really gratifying thing. You can see what you did and you felt that you built something, you can see the progress. Whereas working in cybersecurity, a lot of times, in a lot of industries, there's nothing quantifiable to know what you did. Mm -hmm. You don't see it. It's not quantifiable. So when you have, you try doing something that's quantifiable, it might be good to you. Maybe you start doing some woodworking projects on, on the weekends. Build a table, build a chair, build a desk. Maybe you're into it. Start buying some equipment. Maybe you like that. Maybe you maybe you find you're good at it. Maybe it's not that. Maybe it's um, whatever glass blowing. <laughs> you know what what thing? Maybe it's welding. So I would start to explore actually what some of these other physical labor type jobs bring to you, because we could also be dealing with the grass is always greener. Yeah. Right. The grass is always greener on the other side. I guarantee you there's a guy up on a rooftop right now wishing he had a cybersecurity job who's sitting in an air conditioned space somewhere freaking relaxing. Now, you might be looking at him thinking, look at that dude out in the sun all day. He's lucky. So the grass is always going to be greener on the other side. And we have to be careful that we just don't jump over the fence. And when we get there, it's not as green as we thought it was going to be. Open up your mind start to try different things, start to invest in some other different areas. Uh, I've been talking a lot about this on EF Online lately. When you're trying to assault an enemy position, you send out reconnaissance elements and you look for enemy weaknesses. If you find a weakness, you put more resources towards it. If you don't find a weakness and you find a strength, you, you move away from that area. Mm-hmm. Same thing with life. You try welding and you go, man, I suck at this. Mm. Not only do I suck at it, it's not as fun as I thought it was going to be. Okay, so now you put, you, you didn't buy a welder yet. Mm. You know, you just went down and rented one from Home Depot yeah. and it sucked and you sucked at it. Wrong. Okay, cool. We're not going to invest any more in that. Yeah. Then you try masonry and you go, dang, you know, I went out and built a little, I just went out in my backyard and built a little freaking uh, retaining wall. A little, a little raised garden, Hell yeah. and that was fun. And yeah. I liked mixing cement, and it was a good time. Yeah. Guess what? Now you maybe put a little bit more behind that. Then maybe you put a little adding Craigslist. Say, hey, uh, cheap masonry work. Mm-hmm. Maybe you build that into a business, or maybe you suck at that too. And so now, what are you going to do? Go rent some woodworking material, some woodworking tools. And you try that out. So I would start looking at other paths. You don't have to leave your job. You have to quit your job. You have nights. You have weekends. Start trying some other stuff. Start seeing if there's something that you're good at. Start seeing if there's something that you like and you're good at it. That's the best combination. Sometimes people 
sometimes people they go after things that they're not good at, right? Yeah. Like it frustrates them. Like I here, like I was really bad on the bottom in jujitsu, mm. and for a while I was just like, okay, I'm going to the bottom every time. Like I got obsessed with it, so yeah. I could get out. Get no one's gonna be able to hold me across side. Now I'm pretty good at it, but let's face it: if you have the natural ability and you like it, mm. that's the best case scenario. Then. To finish this out, once you figure out like, okay, I'm good at masonry, then you start to build some kind of a side business, start to build something out, and then you make an exit strategy. You explain, you say you got good relationship with your bosses, that's awesome. Then you can say, hey, listen, I'm, I'm gonna be here for about another six months and I'm gonna I'm gonna move on. I've really been interested in masonry. I've actually turned out to I've actually doing a lot of work. And on the weekends, I'm working basically every weekend. I put a little business together. I got two people working with me right now, and I'm actually gonna move into that. But I want to give you enough heads up. Here it is. If we can find a replacement, if you bring someone on board, mm-hmm. I can stay here for six more months. I'll train them. I appreciate everything you've done for me. But it's just not the life I've been I've been wanting to live. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Yep. Uh, yeah, the the jujitsu thing. I mean, seems like oh yeah, Jocko saying jujitsu is the answer to fucking uh, everything. Like yeah, he always I does. I know, and I had to say it though because well, it's the, true. Well, I, yeah, and I think that that's probably the most likely fix. I mean, as far as something that you could just come up with or whatever, because oh, I only think that because he says I feel hungry, I want to be a badass and long for the path. So <laughs> jujitsu, jujitsu, and jujitsu. Yeah. So a lot of times, like yeah, some of us with certain like careers or jobs, like that's a big part of kind of who we are. You know. In fact, when people ask you like, oh, what do you do? They don't say for a living necessarily. They say, what do you do? And it's always, what do you do for a living? What do you do for? And of course, because you spend eight hours a day doing it. And that's what you do, essentially. So I understand where it's like, yeah, if you have uh, like, you know, whether it be cybersecurity or a job that's not quote unquote badass, like Navy SEAL or whatever you guys are doing over there, um, you might not feel like this quote unquote badass, right? Mm -hmm. But I want to be a badass. He knows about hard work. He likes it. He likes to, bro, he lost freaking, you know, 60 pounds. Yeah. You know, and he, and he likes that. And so now he basically wants more of that in his life. And he wants some results, like, you know, like tangible results, mm-hmm. kind of like how you mentioned. So that's why I think, yeah, you do jujitsu and then jump in a tournament. Yeah. Oh, get that blue belt, get the purple belt, get the, you know, brown, black belt. Bro, you I'll just t- tap someone out for the first time. Oh, yeah. and But that's just the start. If you yeah. want to be like, put it this way, you tap one guy out in practice or in a tournament or whatever. Cool. That's good. And you're going to get it. It's going to stay with you for sure. But not like being a jujitsu guy who does tournaments, who goes through like a complete full jujitsu career or MMA or what, you know, whatever you want to do or whatever. And the good thing about this is you can start whenever. As far as jujitsu, I mean, he's yep. young, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, for sure. so he has a lot of time. And 24, I, man. I start <laughs> jujitsu immediately, yeah, know, regardless man. of what else you do. Yeah, it's true. You can do it in your spare time. You know, it fits in your life with work. It's not one of these things where you got to quit work. No. And I think even to join jujitsu and really be like, hey, this is what I'm doing now. Focus on learning and better every single day. I, I, man, I'm pretty sure like that'll fulfill like what he's trying to do. That's it's a think. great first step to get to the right spot. Yeah. And it may be the only step you need to take. Yeah. Cause you know, we have jujitsu guys that are like, let's face it, their their careers are badass, but not in this stereotype. Like uh Dr. Luke, for example. Mm-hmm. When you hear, you know, 
orthopedic surgeon, you don't think, that's a quote-unquote badass. But you get an orthopedic surgeon who's a black belt, used to fight MMA, you're like, well, that guy is a badass. <laughs> See what I'm saying? Sure. So I'm saying, like, no matter what your career, you can hold on to your career because he's obviously so good at it, yeah. apparently. Where, yeah, now you got the jujitsu, you got the, you know, in that um, capacity, I think, yeah, I think that'll... Add to the badassness James, of your whole James situation. Nielsen, James Nielsen, world's toughest accountant. Yeah, exactly. Right. He's that shit. <laughs> it's true, bro. It's true. Right on. All right, next question. Next question. You often discuss how to deal with having too much ego, but how do you address having too little ego? I struggle to build daily discipline, but find myself frequently hitting burnout, even even when it doesn't seem like I'm overloading myself. I don't feel any sense of accomplishment when I reach a goal. The closest I get to the minor relief of having one less thing to to my to-do list stressing me out. I believe this is due to an extreme lack of ego, but I don't know what steps one takes to increase their ego. What advice do you have? Well, uh, that's a weird question in that if you don't have any sense of accomplishment, oh, I, I'm trying to talk myself through this. So if I don't feel any sense of accomplishment, when I get something done, is that because my ego is too big and it's just like, oh, that doesn't mean anything? But I guess I guess the way he's saying it is, I do something but I don't feel good about because I lack the confidence to be like, hey, I actually did something good. I, I, okay, yeah. I think I understand. Um, why do I talk about too much ego all the time? Because that's what pe- that's what tends to hurt people more than not enough ego. It tends to. It's a tendency. In the SEAL teams, even to join the SEAL, even to join the Navy to go to BUDS, you have to have some level of arrogance and ego to think, I'll go through that training that 80% of people quit. Mm -hmm. If you're in the business world, like I work with a lot of business leaders, to get to a position of leadership in the business world, you have to have some level of arrogance to think, I'll run this thing, Mm -hmm. I'll start this company. So most of the time we are dealing with people, and most people have a little sense of inflated ego. And that's okay. Get away with it a lot of times. When it goes, when it turns bad, it's because of too much ego. Mm-hmm. Now, occasionally, you get somebody in the SEAL teams, a young officer, they made it through training and they show up to a SEAL team and they lack confidence. This does happen. So what do we do in a situation like that? Or you get someone at a company, you know, you get a young engineer that graduated college and now he's in charge of a project, a big construction project. He's been, he's been in the workforce for eight months, and he's in charge of a, he's a project manager of a $50 million project. And guess what? There's a foreman on the job that's been doing this for 32 years. And so that young engineer lacks confidence. So how do we, so it does happen. I went and talked to a group of underprivileged kids one time. And I've done it on, on several occasions, but this occasion was different because this un, this group of underprivileged kids, a lot of times when you think of underprivileged kids, you think of kids that are gonna be, um, you know, gonna have an attitude, right? Yeah. Gonna have an attitude. Well, this group was a, a group of very highly intelligent, highly intelligent underprivileged kids. Mm. And when I, as soon as I walked in the room, like I was gonna talk to them, what I normally talk to people about, you know, discipline and humility and being humble. This group of kids, they were, they lacked confidence. They were all slouched over in their chair. They didn't make eye contact with me. So I ended up speaking to them about confidence. So 
occasionally you get people that lack confidence and this is what we're dealing with here now from a leadership perspective what do we do if i've got echo charles you're working for me and you lack confidence what i do is i give you a task or a project or a mission that i know you can handle and when i know you can handle then you go out and you might you might say i don't know if i'm ready for this chocolate don't worry echo you got it you go out because it's a pretty relatively simple task you do well your confidence increases that's great you come back to me, I give you a challenge, that I give you a mission that's a little bit harder. You go out, you do that well. Your confidence builds over time. So how do we apply that to us as individuals? Well, what you wanna do is you wanna start finding small challenges for yourself that you can overcome that start to build your confidence. What are some of these things? How about you start waking up in the world, you start waking up in the morning and exercising? Exercise builds confidence. When you work out, your confidence increases. It doesn't matter. Like you could start work, you could be in a horrible shape right now. You work out today, you're going to feel more confident. You might feel like a a a, a small decline in confidence because you're in the gym going, "Man, I'm so out of shape." But you also will feel, "All right, I can do this. I can go in there." I can start doing this. I can get up in the morning, I can do 10 burpees. That's what I can do. And it takes me 15 minutes. Guess what, you did it. The confidence, you start to build. You start to build. What else can you do? You know, can you square away your home? Like what can you fix in your home? What can you, this goes back to the last underground podcast. What can you, what do you have that you can fix in front of you right now? This is is the same rule. I was just on with Jordan Peterson. We're talking about Jordan Peterson at the beginning here. What can you fix in your world? Because when you start to fix things in your world, you realize that you have more control than you thought you did, which starts to increase our confidence. So I'm looking for small items that I can start to build my confidence and I can't stick with the small items because what you say here is you don't have any sense of accomplishment when you reach a goal. That means we need to start increasing the size of the goals. If you don't feel any sense of accomplishment when you reach a goal, you need a bigger goal. I'm not saying go overboard, but start to increase incrementally the challenges that you are facing for yourself. So those are some very good ways to start increasing confidence and I hate to say it, but another one all day long is start training jujitsu. Start training jujitsu. You will become more confident. Now, let me rephrase that. When you first start training jujitsu, you're gonna feel less confident because you're gonna get choked out, beat up and everything. But then you start to get through that and you realize 99% of the other people that you meet, even though you get choked out at your jujitsu academy, 99% of the other people that you meet, they're not training. So you got a little something and that confidence starts to go up. I think with like, with when I work with kids, Kids that train jujitsu, it's so freaking good for them. So good for their confidence. Mm. So set some small goals, increase those goals over time, incrementally face tougher and tougher challenges, put challenges in front of yourself that look, figure out what you want to do. You want to, you know, double your deadlift. Mm -hmm. Cool. Put that on paper and then figure out how you're gonna get there. Make some big goal at the end with some small incremental steps to get there. Train jiu-jitsu, you can get there, brother. That's what I got. Yeah, yeah I like that. I mean, I've felt this type of feeling before in certain, yeah, like if you set goals that are like, 
outside of your normal like to-do list mm-hmm. or whatever be like hey you know like okay so when i got into snowboarding mm-hmm. bro that was that's a foreign thing but it's one of those things where it's like yeah that would that would be kind of cool to know how to snowboard because mm-hmm. it seems fun and it's freaking learning curve you'd be falling down all the time so when you're not falling down you kind of feel like okay like i'm like the sense of accomplishment I'm shredding well in my case yeah <laughs> but it's you know less about shredding more about like yeah i'm like a new and improved like person kind of a thing in this one small level and depends on what you what you take on as a, as a thing but yeah it seems like yeah because he says he doesn't really get like the fulfillment yeah right incrementally increase those challenges so you start getting some fulfillment yeah like i don't feel any fulfillment when i do five pull-ups hell no not you <laughs> you know like i know i can do that it's no factor yeah yeah it's true it's not like oh, I'm gonna go do some pull-ups. There's a set yeah. of five. How you like me now? Yeah, what well, well, I'm the man. <laughs> Even <laughs> like, no. I l- maybe this is just my thing, but no, I think this is like a normal thing where you can set goals in your normal comfort zone. Like if you're like, hey, I can do like 20 pull-ups. My goal is gonna be like to do 30, and mm-hmm. that'll I think anyway that'll help. But. You're not that much different. I mean, sure, you are. You're stronger. You can do more pull-ups. Good. But if you went outside yeah. of your normal comfort zone I'm and been like learn to snowboard, yeah, or I'm whatever. It, or whatever, you know, like I'm like this kind of seems interesting. Or I always kind of wanted or was interested in this thing, but just never did it because you know I live my life and you know whatever. But step outside there and go like do it. You know, go get good. Get certified mm-hmm. in this or whatever. You know, um, I think that could do it. Yeah. It's, it'll do it if you stay with it because it's humbling when you try something new and you suck at it. Which, by the way, when you try something new, you're going to suck at something. Yeah. So even like something small, like, okay, I said snowboard, snowboarding. Okay, whatever. But let, let's say even something small like scuba diving. You know, because you, you know how you get certified, right, yeah. in scuba diving? Yeah. So it'd be like, hey, let's say you're kind of interested in scuba diving. Go do the cert- certification yeah. course for scuba diving. I think... Just the dynamics of that alone, sure. I think, like, you'll feel it. You'll yeah. be like, dang, sure, now I can scuba dive. Okay, okay, yeah. cool. It's something. Yeah, it's something. You're not gonna. You're not curing cancer. I dig it. But you got to work for that certification. You got to learn. You got to be junk at it. You got to, you know, you got to <laughs> fall into some little pitfalls and all this stuff. And then at the end, when you get the certification, it's going to be good is what I'm saying. Find some challenges. It's true. Okay, next question. Is it appropriate to train at three different gyms simultaneous, simultaneously in order to maximize mat time? So that's jujitsu, by the way. Yeah. Mat time, three j- different gyms, that's jujitsu. I started training jujitsu from listening to the podcast. I've been good and even got my younger sister. Oh, it's been good and even got my younger sister to start. There are a lot of listeners at my gym at every belt level, so you know the training is great. Boom. But t- my team started working from home a few months ago, not having to commute. His team at work yeah. started uh, working from home. So not having to commute has enabled me to train twice a day. I started tra- training at my local gym and, and have had a great experience there. However, they didn't have space in all their classes, so I joined a more well-known but further gym. And I've been going to both, like further away from the house. Mm-hmm. There's been no issue because there are, no, there are others that do the same between these two gyms and the instructors are friends. However, my team and I will start working, team at work, will start working in the office 45 minutes away again soon. 
There's a great gym right by my office, and I was thinking about joining that one too. Yeah. Because my commute will cut into my attendance at the two schools I go to currently. I'm wondering if I should just go lift weights after work if I can't make class, or should I try to maximize the, my time on the mat? You know, the thing about lifting weights is you can do it kind of at any time, right? Yes. You can kind of do, and you don't need to. You don't need to go to a class to lift weights. You can just, matter of fact, you can do, you can quote, lift weights in your room doing push-ups and with a pull-up bar. You can kind of get it done. Depends on what you mean by kind of, but yeah. You can kind of get it done. And yeah, if you, you really need, look, is there a, is there, there's, there's a lot of gyms around nowadays that are open 24 hours that you can get in there and get to. Mm-hmm. Right. Not to mention home gym, which is highly recommended. Yes. If you have, if you're lucky enough to have the time and space and I mean, if, if you got a 45 minute commute, that indicates to me that wherever you live, there's some sort of, you're not, you're not commuting 45 minutes because you are living in a tiny apartment, right? You, yeah. You're commuting 45 minutes to get away from some urban environment. And so you're in the suburbs a little bit. We got a, we got a garage, you know. We at least have a living room that can be converted. So what I'm saying is make that investment before you um, go lift weights at a, at a straight up public whatever commercial gym um this whole you already know the answer to this entire thing man it's jujitsu all day oh it's all jujitsu all day <laughs> we're training at every school we can yeah. um and and here's the you know it used to be back in the day in jujitsu that if you could only train at one gym period end of story mm-hmm. you were either with this instructor or that instructor and there was no bouncing back between the two even if they were the same freaking lineage like if you if you had two black belts that both got their freaking black belt from Alio Gracie, didn't matter. You couldn't. They were still. It was still. Uh, uh, you had to stick with one or the other. That's the way it had to be. In my opinion, it's different now. Now look, if you start getting to competition level, where now all of a sudden you're bouncing from gym to gym inside your own city. That can be problematic because now I'm maybe I'm learning a little something from Echo. And now when I compete him against him, I already know his little magic move, and I didn't know, tell him that I was gonna. So so that can be a problem. But if you're just if you're training because you want to get better, you can, I think you can train as much as you can. I think you go to the third school, the one that's close to work. I'm I'm there all the time. You do have to, you know, you might want to say to your your main gym coach. Like, hey, you know, I've been training at this place as well. And he's like, yeah, yeah, that's cool. Hey, I'm also on Tuesday and Thursday nights. They have a class where, you know, where I commute to. And I'm probably just going to train there because otherwise I'm not going to be able to train those nights anymore because of work. Mm. And we we hope and pray that your jiu-jitsu instructor goes, yeah, man, whatever it takes for you to train, whatever you got to do, do it. I just want you to train. If his priority or her priority, if it's a female instructor, if their priority should be you and you training more jujitsu. I don't care where it's happening. If you get to train more jujitsu, go train more jujitsu. That's what I think. Yeah, for maximizing mat time, freak yeah. Join yeah. three gyms as long as they're cool. But you did mention the co- the competition thing. Yeah. Or you, you said it in a different way, though, where it's like if you're getting – or a different point in within the competition situation. Mm-hmm. I I think it, because look, if you know the guy's secret move, okay, you know, that might get in the way of your strategy maybe mm-hmm. or something like that or help your strategy even. Um, 
but I think the actual tangible issue is like, okay, who are you? Comp- what team are you competing with? Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, for sure, that's so, true too. Yeah, yeah. so if I thought you were going to represent us. Yeah, Bruh. And and it's not only that you're not representing us; you're literally representing the quote unquote enemy, enemy. the competition. Yeah, exactly right. So it's like, man, I've been training you to beat us. That's yeah. what I've been, do- you know. So and that's only in competition. Yeah. If you're just, hey, you love the jujitsu, you're not competing and whatever, and you wanna like I ask, maximize mat time. Yeah. Oh, f- maximize your mat time. Join ten gyms if you gotta. Join mm-hmm. the one by the your babysitter's place and by your work and by your house. And by, your and by the airport. Yeah, and by the airport. <laughs> yeah, man. Hell yeah. You want to maximize the thing. Although, side note, I'm a huge advocate of weightlifting. So, amen. Lift weights after work, too. Definitely like. important. I think so. Next question. Next question. Echo, please help! Exclamation point. Mm-hmm. Can you and Jocko please talk about jujitsu more? (laughs) 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 All right, cool. It's I seem it seems to have faded away in the last year year or so. Your podcast is the reason myself and three sons, age five, nine, and twelve, train. As a proud supporter of the underground and a Jocko blue belt, the Jocko blue belt, huh? Mm -hmm. You know what that means, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's when I think the first time I heard that was at. At Origin Camp, Origin camp yeah. and people were like, "Oh, I'm a Jocko white belt." Meaning they just started and they're a white belt because you know they were listening to the podcast. Mm-hmm. And then the next season we went back. Now there's Jocko blue, blue belts, belts, and now there's Jocko purple belts. Mm-hmm. How long has it been? It's only been five years. Maybe we're approaching some Jocko brown belts yes. in the next two, three years. Eventually, there's going to be someone that started jujitsu that's a black belt from the podcast. Yeah, I'll tell you what was cool too. When at wrestling tournaments. Mm-hmm. Like like a couple years ago, I think my first kids book came out in 2016, and like maybe last year, maybe maybe the year before that, I started having kids that were now freshmen in high school, and they were wrestling, and they'd come up and say, "I started jujitsu because of Warrior Kid books, and that's why I'm wrestling." That's freaking. That was like, I've had that probably happen eight times, and every time I was super freaking stoked. If hell yeah, super stoked. So. So yeah, Jocko Bluebell. Oh wait, so the question is, I would love to listen to more conversation about Jiu-Jitsu to help keep me on the path. Okay. So what I, I was thinking about this, uh, what would be a good discussion point? And I was thinking you and I just had, the first time we've rolled in a while, Since we just COVID, rolled, yeah. I was thinking, let's debrief. <laughs> well, right. we could debrief another time, but okay, we'll do it now. We, uh, we don't have to. Uh, you know, no, I'm just kidding, obviously. Um. I don't know. Will you start? You give me your assessment. Always fun to roll. Uh, um, you know, I have not been training as much as I, I mean, obviously when the gym was open, it was like, obviously it's training every day. Training less, but still training. I think I've been training more than you. Um, but training to me is always just fun as hell. Uh, I'm trying to remember what happened. Um, it was pretty familiar, you know. I felt like it was pretty familiar. Yeah. Like you were pretty hyped. Yes, you were kind of hyped. You know, <laughs> it's interesting to me because for me, jujitsu is a lot of psychological assessments, right? Like yeah. it's a lot of I'm thinking about what's going on in the other person's head. Yeah, 
I could see that. And I could see that you were kind of hyped. And as a matter of fact, it was one of those things. I said, hey, man, we're going to train if you want to come. And you didn't have gear with you. You said, I'm going I'm to go home, get gear, and come back. So I could see you were amped. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, then we had some good roles. Had some good roles. Um, I also, something that I've talked about before, when I train, somebody asked me one time, like, how much, how hard do you go? Mm-hmm. And I always, I say, I go just hard enough to win. If I can. Obviously, if I'm going against Dean Lisch, then I go as hard as I can and I still might lose. Mm -hmm. There's actually a pretty decent chance I'm going to lose. But so a normal person, if I'm going against a white belt, I'm going to go a little bit. I'm going to be a little bit better than a white belt. Mm -hmm. If I'm going against a blue belt, I'm going to try and be a little bit better than a blue belt. Mm -hmm. And whatever gradation of changes in there. So when I train with you, I try and I'm going a little, I'm trying to do just a little bit more to be just a little bit better than you and trying, you know, that's what I'm doing. So I'm not like, Hey, I'm going to kill you now. Yeah. It's more like, okay, cool. We're going to roll and I'm going to do just a little bit more than I need to. Now, sometimes I go, sometimes I, uh, sometimes it's a fine line to walk. Right. And sometimes you make them, I might make a mistake and, and and do not quite enough, right. right? Not quite enough. And all of a sudden you get in a good position and I gotta really struggle to get out of there. But most of the time it's like, oh dude, I'm trying to do just a little bit more just to be just a little bit better than they are, than my opponent is. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of my mentality. And that was when I was rolling with you the other day, that was it. Like, hey, we can do just a little bit more. Yeah. And that's kind of the, that was kind of, you know, it's kind of that, that's kind of what I do. It felt like at the end there, you were doing a little bit more than just a little bit more. So I think that's, I think you're actually, an ac- I think that's an accurate assessment. I think, yeah, I think that there's a psychological component that comes in that where I start to feel like I actually just want to choke this motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so that came over yeah. me and then I started going a little bit more than I needed to. A little bit, yeah, a little, little bit, bit more than just above. Well, if you think about it, if I'm going just above, if I'm trying to stay just above your level, mm-hmm. and you're a purple belt, just above your level, level you're making mistakes and you're going to get caught. Mm-hmm. If I'm going just above your level, you're a black belt. If I'm going just above your level, you might make a mistake, but you're also able to get out of that mistake and readjust. And yeah. so now I have to take a step up yeah. and go a little bit more above. Just above your level. Yeah. You got to cut the tether a little bit. What does cut the tether mean? I mean, like you're tethered to my level. You know, I yes. go up, you go up. Yeah, I go yeah, down, yeah. you go down, because, but you're like, no. Because, yes, because you make a mistake, you're a black belt. You leave your arm out, I go for an arm lock, you know how to defend the arm lock. So it's, we're, you, like you said, I'm, I got I to gotta lengthen the tether. Yeah, Don't need to yeah. cut it necessarily, but I need to lengthen it. Are you sure? Because kind of. Kind of felt like you cut it the other day, which is cool. <laughs> you know, uh, you you brought you said. Is I was, it funny that you know what I'm going to get you with? Yes, it's kind of funny, and like that's what's going to come. Yeah. So, well, here's the thing. I think you either know exactly what you're doing, or you underestimate like your psychological like imposition mm-hmm. on me sometimes. Where okay, so you mentioned I was hyped. Like mm-hmm. I was hyped. So I was hyped, but I was like thinking because I'm like my normal weight, I'm like 10 or 15 pounds heavier now. You're heavier now? Yeah. 
Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's weird. You felt, you, I thought you were like lighter. <laughs> either way either way i hadn't done jujitsu yeah. i went to train but someone would come up and i was like, i haven't done jujitsu since everything closed down so it's been Dang like one bro. year of, of no jujitsu look i work out and stuff yeah. and do conditioning yeah. and all Let's this stuff it, but still jujitsu is jujitsu yeah. so i was like okay I'm sure with Jocko, and there's a good chance that, like, we'll go, and then I'll just feel the, the, the heat, the pain. I'll maybe start gassing or something like this because I'm not used to this these movements like this. Mm-hmm. I just don't know. So that was what I was more more than anything thinking. Mm-hmm. Of course, yeah, you, the chance of me being kind of rusty after, like, one year, okay, that's there too for mm-hmm. sure. But I wasn't concerned about that kind of stuff. But you said I was being a – it did the first like moment really reminded me of how like fun it is. Mm-hmm. Like you don't realize how much, Oh, you missed it. You know, like just being there with me and Daryl Cooper. So even having him there, it was like, Oh man, this is so fun. And he, he, he was hyped. <laughs> yeah. Um, I used to get like, actually my coach, one of the coaches in college football kind of, and he said it in like a, not a good way, but I took it as kind of like, it, cause it's kind of true. Like he was like, hey, it seems like you think this is just one big party. Like you're just like happy to be here. It's like it's almost like he was implying that I lacked focus. Mm-hmm. And I was just so just happy just to be there kind of mm-hmm. a thing. And I remember thinking, yeah, he's kind of right. But I said no and all this stuff. But I'm thinking in my mind, like he's kind of <laughs> right. It is so I, in jujitsu, I have that same thing, but I kind of embrace it. Because to be able to do jujitsu with the people that we do jujitsu with as often as we can in this facility and being, like, capable and stuff like that, um, that is, like, kind of, like, in a way, a big party. You know, like, that Fun. is a very enjoyable situation. And I just got I got reminded of that. And that's why, like, I'll make jokes all the time or whatever, and I'll, like, talk trash and and kind of embrace getting my ass kicked sometimes from you or whatever because yeah whatever sucks getting your neck and my neck was sore i didn't tell you the next day but it's fucking sore but Mm. to me it's it's so clear that i'd way rather my neck be sore from rolling than my neck being perfectly awesomely relaxed from not rolling you know let's face it when you got a sore neck that's (laughs) It's true red's true so i felt that and um, I didn't gas at all because I was like, okay, cool. Because this is all – I didn't feel awkward enough like that. Sure, you mentioned there were some timing things. Yeah, that, there was a know. couple things where I, I saw you when you were rolling with uh, Daryl Cooper. I was like, oh, he just made a mistake that he wouldn't have made. That's not a, a normal ago. mistake. And you actually made the same mistake three times. You didn't hide your you didn't hide your leg that was lagging behind your pass. And I was like, oh, that's – there yeah. you go. Yeah. And, you know, that part, okay, you know, and that makes sense. But I was, I would say the debrief is I was very, very, very happy to be there. And Jiu-jitsu it was fun. fun. I did not gas, um, even though I was, you know, 10, 15, whatever pounds heavier. And, yeah, you choked me a few times, you know, <laughs> kind of at the end there. Maybe a little bit more aggressive than it should or could have been. Uh, but I think hey, you're, I life. think you're, I think you're, you kind of I could be wrong this isn't I am not making excuses I am presenting a hypothesis mm-hmm. I think your hype level led to more stringent attempts to escape which led to more stringent application of <laughs> said techniques yeah uh, yeah I, I'm not gonna disagree with that that is a possibility it's, Look, and, and, and yeah. it's also possible I was hyped too, right? Mm-hmm. 
And I'm like, oh, okay, I'm not, you know? <laughs> sure. Because that's fun too. Yes, right? sir. So it was probably maybe maybe a little bit of both. Maybe you were a little hyped to defend. I was a little bit hyped to put that joke. <laughs> yeah. And it resulted in a sore neck that made you happy. Yes, sir. All right. Accurate. So there we go. A little talk about jujitsu. Yep. About jujitsu. Yeah, but that's how, right? Where... And that go, kind of goes for everything. Like, you know, like when we'll take a break here and we'll be like, oh, DOMS, you know, oh, like yeah, yeah. delayed on yeah. DOMS is delayed onset muscle, muscle soreness. soreness from lifting weights. The yep. next day you feel kind of sore. Way, I got some right now. Yes, sir. Me yep. too. It's that DOMS life right there. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. You'd always like DOMS is actual soreness. Yep. It's sore. You're sore. Like under most circumstances, being sore is not a good thing. It's not a good experience. It's not, you don't say, oh, I hope I'm sore. You know, it's not. But it's one of those rare things where it is good. Like you'd rather have doms than not have doms because there's so much more to it than just the soreness, you know. It's the whole deal, the whole gig. So You're getting stronger. Yes, sir. All right, let's do one more. Uh, Next question. I was wondering if you ever cover how people can balance their professional careers and family. I know a lot of successful business owners who have private jets, helicopters, but their kids hate them. <laughs> and they're on their third marriage. I Googled Navy SEALs, and the SEALs have a 90% divorce rate. So it's rare. It's rare air that Jocko has a successful relationship with his family while also being a SEAL and a successful business owner. Yeah, you're asking if this is a, if I ever cover. I actually cover this question all the time. The people ask me, this is a... Mm, twice a week, because I have a bunch of clients, maybe once a week, but I mean, I've been doing this for a long time, so once a week, 52 weeks a year, 10 years, this is 500 times I've been asked this question. Uh, I get asked it all the time. So what's interesting about this question is that the answer to this question is actually in the question. People say, how do you balance you know, work life? It's balance. Mm-hmm. It's balance, that's how you balance work life, you have to have balance. So what you, what the actual answer is, what you have to do is you have to become more acutely sensitive to when things are going out of balance. The classic answer that I give, if you go too far in one direction or the other, out of balance, so okay, here I am, I'm Jocko, I wanna make a lot of money so I can support my family and take care of my family. So what do I do? I focus on work, I work all the time, I work 28 hours a day, I'm, I'm going to every single meeting with the boss, I'm doing everything I can, and I'm making a ton of money, and then I turn around and look over, and guess what, I don't have a family anymore. Mm-hmm. Or I have a family that, quote, hates me. Yeah. Why, because I put too much focus on, I put too much focus on work. Mm-hmm. What's the other side of the spectrum? Too far in the other direction is, well, sorry, boss, I can't be there. I got a, you know, a wrestling tournament tonight for my kids. Oh, my kids got wrestling camp. I got to bring them out there. Oh, my, my, I got jujitsu class, jujitsu tournament this weekend for the kids. I can't come to, I, you know, I'm going to have to take two days off because we're going to, you know, taking the kids to Arizona to compete. And what we got a dance recital and a freaking piano rehearsal and all this stuff. And my wife and I are going away for a nice weekend because, you know, it's, it's our, it's our, it's her uh, birthday month. It's her birthday month, right? Yeah. I was going to say it's our, it's our 14.5 year anniversary <laughs> and we like to celebrate that half year because it's important it means a lot to us and you look up and guess what you don't have a job anymore or you have a job but you're not making the kind of money to to take care of your family the way you want to so either one of those examples are bad we don't want to be in either one of those categories where we either lose our job or we perform poorly at our job or we lose our family or we perform poorly as a husband father wife, whatever you are in that situation. So 
What we want to do is be more acutely aware of when we're coming out of balance. We want to pay attention to the tone that our boss uses when he says, wait, you're, gonna, you're not going to be able to work late again? Or when your wife says, you're going to miss dinner again? You need to start paying attention to those little clues so that you can make some more minor adjustments more often than waiting until your family is ready to leave you and you have to quit your job in order to maintain them. We wanna make small adjustments more rapidly. That's what we wanna do. So the key is balance, but the real key is being attuned enough to your job, to your family, to your wife, to your boss, to have a relationship with them that they tell, that your wife says, you've been late 14 times, you've been late 14 times this month. You missed three of the kids' wrestling tournaments. What's up? And you gotta be able to say, you know what, hey, I, I let that go a little bit far. You know how crazy this month has been. Let, I gotta finish it out. This project's really eating up a bunch of time, but here's, you know, there is a light at the end of the tunnel, which is different than I'm doing all this for you anyways. You can't, that, 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 that it's true. It's actually true, by the way. It can be true. It yeah, can yeah. be 100% true. If you're really truly doing this for your family, guess what? That's not what your family wants. Your family wants to have their dad. Or their mom or whatever. Mm. Guess what with the boss? If the boss, the boss, if you have a boss that doesn't care about you and your family, that's you're not working for a good boss. Yeah. You need to actually do what we talked about earlier and find a freaking exit strategy. If you say to your boss, listen, boss, I, I got some issues. I, I've been late, you know, every day for three straight weeks. I need Friday off to take my kids to a wrestling tournament. Can I get, look, I, I'm all caught up. We're all good to go. But I, I really need Friday off. And your boss says, oh, you don't like this job? It's like, no, boss, I love this job, but I also love my family, and I want to be there for them at their first wrestling tournament of the season. Is that okay? You want to be working for someone that says, hey, got it. You know what, Echo, you've been working your ass off. I appreciate it. You know what? Not only do I want you to take Friday to go to the tournament, I want you to take Monday off too. We're all caught up. I got you covered. Mm. Build those good relationships and be more acutely aware of where you are on the balance spectrum between work and life. Yeah, a lot of that too where <clears throat> like you and and obviously I'm not going to go too deep into your relationship because I don't know that as much about it as obviously you. But like it seems like when you interact like with your wife, you do it kind of and maybe this is maybe a dry way of putting it or maybe a general way of putting it. But it seems like you're the leader, not I'm leading and their followers, not that, but you apply kind of the same stuff like you you don't like it's real obvious you're not looking out just for yourself. So a lot of times I, I think, well, for, put it this way, the people that I've known personally that are like heavy, unbalanced into work or whatever, it's less that they're just into work so much. It's more about they're into themselves and what they're doing. No matter how they justify, oh, I'm doing it for the family or not, it's like you're just into what you're doing. You're not into what your family is doing or feeling or whatever yeah. because they should really just shut up and freaking accept the blessings that I'm bestowing upon them mm -hmm. kind of an attitude, you know. But it seems like – so this is what I found to be effective where if, you, if you're constantly checking in in one way or another with your family, like, oh, how are you feeling? How did that go? Like, you know, and not just because – 
someone said to do it. It's like really be involved in caring about it. So I do. Here's a mistake that I made. It's not a huge one, but just a little adjustment I made where I would only ask to my wife, how did it go? If it was something that was like either stressful or could have went bad or, you know, something like that, be like, hey, how'd it go? And, you know, whatever. But if you double that, if you go, if you ask or if I would ask, hey, how'd it go if it was something kind of cool or fun that she was going to do? Actually, no, sorry. I do the exact opposite of that. When it would be something fun, like, oh, she went on a trip with her friend or something. So I'd be like, hey, how'd it go? Because my little philosophy was like, oh, yeah, if it's something bad, it's like, let's not harp on bad stuff. Let's just bring to light the good stuff there for, our, you know, our relationship, our interactions are tend to be better. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought. But apparently it came off like I don't really care that much mm-hmm. about, like, problems or issues that maybe she might want me to or hope that I care about. So then you switch it, not switch it, but you add, like, even the bad stuff. Hey, how'd it go? You know, even if it's like bad and stressful stuff or whatever. So what that did was, as far as I I know, is it helped me be more plugged in and care, quote unquote, care about what else is going on. Now there's not this perception that I only care about work. Because if you come off like you only care about work, you don't care about us kind of a a thing in the family. It's kind of like, okay, we'll go care about work without us because it's not that much different. If we leave, it's not going to be that much different. You know, because you're gone anyway. I have trouble putting together an image in my mind where someone's mistakenly thinking that you only care about work, but we'll go with it for the purposes <laughs> of this conversation. <laughs> no, that that does make sense. And, and to your point earlier, um, leadership strategy and tactics, the things that I talk about all the time when, when it comes to leading a family, yes, it, that's what you do. And, you know, for instance, Instead of instead of me telling my wife this is what we're doing, I say, "Hey, how do you want to do this?" It's the same exact thing I do with one of my platoon commanders that's working for me. I don't say, "This is what we're doing." I say, "How do you want to do this?" Yeah. All these leadership principles apply. The only thing you have to be careful of is you're more emotional with your own family, and we're not supposed to be emotional with our with the people that we work with. And you're definitely not supposed to be emotional with the people that you live with and the, your family, but it's harder because your emotions are more wrapped up mm. in family and blood than they are in employees or bosses. So pay attention to that. You're, uh, I'm forgetting the name, the technique, something to reflect. Reflect and diminish. Yes, okay. So reflect and diminish, mm. right? The, the old, actually, can you, if you don't mind, explain what that is. If you're mad and you come to me and you say, this is ridiculous. The kids didn't do the dishes again. And your wife says, or you say to your wife, so if your wife comes to you and says, this is ridiculous, the kids didn't do the dishes again, and you say, calm down, that's not good. Right. You, Because now we're enemies, yes. <laughs> right? Yeah. When my wife comes to me and said, the kids didn't do the dishes, I go, I can't believe that. I reflect that emotion, but then I diminish it. Mm-hmm. I say, I can't believe that, that's ridiculous. Are they still here? Because I'll go get them right now and, and we can get them to do the dishes. So we're solving the problem. First, we got to reflect the emotion yeah. a little bit, but then you, you you diminish the emotion so that you can have a conversation and you can start to solve the problem. Yeah. Very important in a spousal scenario. Oh, yeah. So well, that is one of the techniques that I found where, you know, especially at first it, it was conscious. I had to be like, okay, because that's the inclination, right? To be like, well, it's not even a big deal because you're kind of flipping out right now. Mm-hmm. So calm down, right? That's the inclination. It's the natural kind of reaction, I guess, you have in your head. But so in at first, I'd be like, okay, reflecting to Mish, I'm going to freaking pull this thing off right now. Boom, I do it. Oh, 
perfect, effective. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, okay. But after a while, like I almost like I was kind of complacent with it. Mm -hmm. I would just maybe I wouldn't reflect hard enough. You know, (laughs) I just sort of diminish, you know what I'm saying? And then I'd be like, it's not working anymore. But then I just keep focusing on like, okay, reflect, then diminish. Man, so good. Because it shows that you care. Yeah. See what I'm saying? Rather than this robot. Shows that you're on board. Yeah. We're on the same team. Yep. Because you can, yeah, you run that risk of becoming this like basically a money-making robot. Yeah. Which, you know, nobody signed up for that kind of stuff. Maybe at first, like Mm -hmm. the idea is like, oh, yeah, cool, you're providing, right? Awesome. But then the real life of that, the day-to-day of that, well, it's going to be kind of whack for some people. Indeed. Sure. Right on. Awesome. Well, uh. That seems like a good place to stop for today. Thanks to everyone. Thanks to you for joining us, for supporting this cause that we've got going on. As always, you can get supplements from jockofuel.com. You can get jujitsu gear, jeans, boots, clothing from originusa.com. You can also get the stuff to represent while on the path, as Echo Charles likes to say, from jockostore.com. Bunch of books, you know them. Kids' books, you know them. Check them out if you haven't yet. Leadership Consultant. If you need leadership consulting, go to echelonfront.com. We're on the interwebs. If you just want to hear more of Echo, go to the interwebs. If you want to hear more of me, which God knows why you want that, Echo's at Echo Charles, and I am at Jocko Willink. And thanks to you for making this happen and joining us in the deep, dark world of the underground. And until next time, this is Echo and Jocko. Out.